The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a great show. We get to wrap up the Battle of the Unbeatens, and then we take a look at three major races that will put horses into the field for the Kentucky Derby. My guest, the first one out of the gate, will be Amy Owens, the uh, Keeneland Communications Associate. comes on with us about twice a year and kind of paints the picture of what's happening down there at that iconic Lexington area track and some of the new things uh, that they have coming and ways that you'll be able to watch the races live no matter where you are and talk about some of the big horses and big races. So Keeneland opens up its doors tomorrow. And then this guy wakes up right about this time every year and gets busy updating his uh, file for his website, and that is Dick Downey, the founder of the Downey Profile. He does an annual an- analyst of the Triple Crown. It's a really expansive website. going to try to kind of walk you through it. You can go up there and get all kinds of great information on what creates derby winners, patterns, uh, and then he does a great profile called Looking Good uh, that highlights all the leading contenders on the Triple Crown trail for this year. So uh, Dick Downey will be joining us again to look at the Toyota Bluegrass Stakes, the Wood Memorial, and the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, They're not the only big races this week, but those are the ones that we're going to specifically handicap. Uh, Some other uh, graded stakes races uh, include the Grade 1 Ashland Stakes, that will have outcome on the Oaks. And then at Oak Lawn, you've got the Grade 3 Fantasy. Also at Aqueduct, the Grade 1 Carter Handicap. Out at Santa Anita, the Santa Anita Oaks. Don't have to talk about that one too much. Songbergs in the field. Also at Aqueduct, they got a great card, the Grade 2 uh, Gazelle and the Grade 3 Bayshore. Keeneland is just unbelievable this Saturday. Where do you see the field for the Madison Stakes? No less than two Breeders' Cup horses in there. That's a grade one. They got the grade three Commonwealth. Uh, also back at uh, Aqueduct, the Excelsior. And then at, at Keeneland, the grade two Shakertown, all heading up to the Toyota Bluegrass. So some great races, and you want to cash in, so come to winningponies.com. Get your easy win forms. Had some solid winners from all over at Los Alamitos. Had a $1 pick four that paid 1331 How about Turfway Park in Florence, Kentucky? A $0.10 cent super key returned 1380 
out at Oak Lawn in Hart Springs. A $1 pick three paid 1983 And let's go down where it's warm because it's cold where I am. <laughs> Gulfstream Park, a $1 Super 5 key, returned 1508 Those are just a few. When you go to the website, you can check out our recent big-ins and see all of the nice hits that we had over the former week. Well, uh, late-breaking news that Jockey Club chairman Ogden Mills Phipps has passed away at the age of 75. Uh, if you've done any digging on the history of racing, you know the name of Denny Phipps. Uh, he was a prominent American financier, a thoroughbred owner, breeder, and a longtime chairman of the Jockey Club. Uh, he passed away last night in New York. He was 75. Now, to think of some of the horses that he campaigned, of course, he got the Kentucky Derby win in 2013 uh, with Orb. And uh, he, uh, in addition to being the chairman of the Jockey Club, had various board positions in the thoroughbred industry, including the Breeders' Cup, Blood Horse, National Thoroughbred Racing Association. Just an amazing guy. Uh, he, now, he owned and raised Successor, who was the champion juvenile colt, all the way back in 1966. Then you may remember Rhythm, the champion two-year-old colt in 89. Inside Information, the champion older filly or mare of 95. Storm Flag Flying, the two-year-old filly champion of 2002. And Smuggler, the three-year-old filly champion of 2005. And uh, the names just go on uh, boisterous, dancing forever, uh, educated wrists. Intrepid Hero, Majestic Light, Mining, Recently Mr. Speaker, Time for a Change. I mean, the horses that Phipps was associated were just amazing. He feels that Rhythm's Triumph in the 1990 Travers and that Come From Behind Victory by Personal Ensign in the 1988 Breeders' Cup and Storm Flag Flying in the 2002 Breeders' Cup Phillies were some of the greatest races he ever saw. So Denny Phipps passed away just yesterday. Well, unless you uh, lived in a cave, uh, you know now that Nyquist trounced Mo Heyman in the Florida Derby. Uh, towards the top of the stretch, the two of them kind of hooked up for a little while, but man, Nyquist, who had to travel from the West Coast, just pulled away. Nyquist had Mario Gutierrez and owned by the Redham Racing Stable, can you say, I'll have another? Now he remains undefeated, 7 for 7 in his lifetime, last year's 2-year-old champion. And you remember now, he had to travel from the West Coast, but he had a million reasons to travel, and that's because he received a million-dollar bonus offered to any graduate of the Phasing Tipton Florida sale that could win the Florida Derby. So he took home $1.6 million. Dollars And, of course, that moved to the top of a lot of people's list. Remember, this was his and all of their horses, just as we'll see this weekend, stretching out to a mile and an eighth. Some people question uh, his breeding. You hear about that on the different chat lines that Uncle Mo, but Uncle Mo never had the chance. He got sick before the Kentucky Derby. So uh, with those extra dollars, he now claims $3,333,000 in his bankroll, and he's got plenty to come. So they were very, very announced, and, of course, uh, they uh, know that uh, Nyquist will be standing at Darley once his racing career is over. Now, he already shipped to Keeneland. He's settled in at Keeneland, but what they found out just today, I believe, was that his 
white count in his blood was elevated a little bit, just slightly, they said. So we're just going to kind of walk him in the shed row for a couple of days, and uh, he's happy. He has a great appetite. His temperature's normal. But uh, they found out that he had a slightly elevated white count, and with a horse like that, they're not going to take any chances. So they're going to wait for a couple of days, and then he's going to return to training. Meanwhile, no excuse for uh, Mo Heyman. He came out of the Florida Derby in good shape, according to Karen McLaughlin. Uh, he was disappointed, but he says, you know, maybe he needs a really tough race to get him ready for the Derby. So those are their plans to head on out to the Kentucky Derby, and he'll be shipping, I believe, this week to train at Churchill Downs. He says he'll probably have two works. Uh, and while we're talking about big horses, let's not forget California Chrome. Uh, he did uh, pass inspection up in Chicago out of quarantine. He's a tailor-made farm, came down there earlier this week, and uh, he was given a clean bill of health by Dr. Larry Bromledge, and he, he's definitely enjoying his vacation. Uh, if you want to, go to TaylorMade Farm's site. There's a great video clip of Chrome relaxing in his paddock, going out there and uh, rolling in his sand pit. So with the big win in the Florida Derby, and Nyquist uh, takes over a number one in the ultimate Kentucky Derby poll presented by Brisnet. As you know, some really top handicappers are in, involved in that poll, and we're going to take a look at, at their top ones and maybe get a couple of them on around Derby Week, especially our friend Michael Bachock and Kate and Brader, uh, Jenny Reese. They're all on the uh, panel. They got Nyquist now at number one, Gunrunner the two. The three is Danzing Candy. We'll see him in the Santa Anita Derby this weekend. We'll also get to see more spirit. Mohamed has been bumped down to fifth. He was number one in the poll last week. Then a speedy tap at Cupid. Shagaf, we'll see him in the wood, is seven. Motam is eighth. Destin, ninth. Whitmore is tenth. Uh, then rounding out uh, up to 20 is Zulu, Outwork, Lanny, Exaggerator, Matt King Cole, Brody's Cause, who we'll see in the bluegrass, Dazzling Gem, Majesto, Cherry Wine in the bluegrass, and Tom's Ready. So I got a feeling we're gonna, not going to be reading the same top 20 next week because a lot of different things are going to happen. Of course, with that win by Nyquist, he is now the strong favorite in the Churchill Downs fourth and final pool of the Kentucky Derby wager. He's a uh, Lower than the five to one odds uh, that American Pharaoh had, he's down to three to one. Says an awful lot about how impressed people were with this Florida Derby results. Uh, the second choice uh, is still Mohamed, and then the always popular All Others or the Mutual Field is third. So that's the take, taking a look at the Derby future wager. Not sure if you took part in it or not, but uh, those are the top horses. Of course, as far as uh, points are concerned to get in the Derby, uh, the, the leader right now is Gunrunner with 151, Nyquist 130. Lanny, who won over in Dubai, is now at Churchill in training and is in the third spot with 100 points. Again, we're going to preview a lot of big races that will influence that. As far as the ladies are concerned, Land Over Sea has a, uh, 128 points. Songbird, who uh, I'm going to guess is going to be a walkover in the San Anita Oaks, has 90, so look for her to add to that. We're going to get to see Catherine Sophia running the Ashland. She's at 60. That's 60. And then uh, Venus Valentine at 50. Again, that should change this week with some of the big uh, girl races. They're going to be coming up with the Santa Anita Oaks, the Gazelle, and the Ashland at Keeneland. 
Uh, Oaklawn Park will be the place closing out some of the big ones. Hey, cowboy hats off to none other than trainer Larry Jones. He captured his 1,000th victory over the weekend in a $100,000 stakes race, the Rushaway at Turfway, with Hill Pay. And the cool thing was he did it for longtime client Brereton Jones of Airdrie Stud. Uh, Jones is one of the Kentucky Oaks for Brereton Jones with lovely Maria, Believe You Can, and Proud Spell. So, again, a slew of very, very uh, top races uh, coming up. I guess we need to uh, announce, too, that there's going to be different wagering opportunities at Keeneland this week. For those of you that like the extended bets, there's going to be a New York, Kentucky pick four wager uh, that's going to have the Bay Shore followed by the Madison, followed by the Wood Memorial, followed by the Toyota Bluegrass, and then uh, presented by TVG. There's an all-stakes pick four with the Commonwealth, the Shakertown, the Madison, and the Bluegrass from Keeneland, and an all-stakes pick five presented by TVG with the Ashland, Commonwealth, Shakertown, Madison, and Toyota Bluegrass. Good luck in finding that one because that Madison is going to be one of the toughest races you'll see in a long time. Jackie, or... Jose Ortiz was jockey of the week, so our hats off to him. And uh, let's quickly go through. Matt Bernier had a good week last week on winning ponies. Uh, of course, in the Florida Derby, we were talking about how hard it was to separate the two horses. But he just fe- felt that Mohamed, as impressive as he was, his figures just kind of stayed the same, as impressive as they were. And so he was given a push to Nyquist, so he got that one done. And then at Turfway Park, it was upset time in there. Oscar nominated a horse that Ken Ramsey claimed, because it was a son of Kitten's Joy, got the job done at 23-1 to with Brian Hernandez in the saddle. Mike Maker trained, so Oscar nominated is going in the Derby, and someone did come up with the 200000 He was not Derby nominated, but somebody came up with the 200000 to join Ramsey and going in the gate on Derby Day. Then at the Gulfstream Park Oaks, it was Go Maggie Go, Matt Bernier's pick, $10 to win. And how about this one? Matt gave us Celestine in the Honey Fox at Gulfstream, returned 1260. So we bring you nothing but the best cappers here on Winning Ponies. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going down to Lexington with Amy Owens. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. Well, you know it's springtime when Keeneland opens its gates, and the person that keeps us up to date on everything that's happening is Keeneland's communications associate, Amy Owens. She is all over the place on top of a great department, uh, headed up by Amy Gregory, assisted by Matt May. Uh, Gary Yunt assists as a writer. It's a fantastic team. I can tell you this. She's done just about everything in the game. Uh, she's been the editor of Major Magazine. She's a proud graduate of the University of Missouri School of Journalism. And with no further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Amy Owens. Amy, how are you? I'm well, John. It's great to talk to you. It, uh, I can't believe another meet is... Tom, and we're ready to talk about some great racing at Keeneland. Well, we'll get to the great racing, but before that, can you just, it's been a while since we've talked to you, kind of catch our listeners up with uh, how you got involved with horses and the, the publicizing of horse racing. Well, I grew up near St. Louis, Missouri, and um, actually, uh Secretariat has a lot to do with it. I was living in normal Illinois. This is even going farther back. And we had our TV in the basement, and Dad and I used to watch every sporting event, every horse race that was on television. And Secretariat just captured all of our attentions, and we fell in love with him. And we followed horse racing uh, from that start in the basement. And just really followed the sport on television and learned about the different publications, made some trips to Lexington where I have family and visited Secretary at Claiborne Farm and just really got into it from a fan perspective. So well, it, it hasn't let me down. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Um. It, your, your position right now, it really starts to ramp up because uh, Keeneland so often is the springboard for horses prepping for the Kentucky Derby. I know they come in from all parts of, uh, of North America. Uh, so right now, because I know that your job is seasonal uh, with, with the sales and with, with the uh, fall meet and everything else that goes on at Keeneland, uh, kind of at this point in time, uh, what is a, a day in the life of Amy Owens? Well, yesterday we had the draw for the Bluegrass and the, and the Toyota Bluegrass and the Central Bank Ashland, so we were quite busy following what horses would be entered in that event and interviewing their trainers after the draw to uh, talk to them about how they liked their post position. Then we rushed up to the press box and put together several press releases about the bluegrass, about the Ashland, about all the great racing that we have going on on Saturday. So it was a, a pretty long day, but um, we're glad to have that. Uh, have our fields determined so we can uh, follow these horses and get them ready for the big race. 
Well, obviously, uh, I get you, your releases uh, on a daily basis, and uh, you guys are extremely thorough. Now, to, to, to put a, a, a cherry on top of things, while he won't be racing there, you currently have the Kentucky Derby favorite, Nyquist, training at Keeneland. Uh, can you feel the excitement about that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talking on, oh, did you know Nyquist was here? And obviously the media was interested. He flew in from uh, Florida on Sunday afternoon, and Doug O'Neill has several horses here that will be training uh, for their next races, the Derby, the Oaks, and, and the other races. So we are very excited to have uh, Nyquist and his crew uh, back, actually, since they were here last October for the Breeders' Cup, and he performed so well that day that he ought to really enjoy his time at Keeneland. Well, the big advantage uh, for Doug O'Neill is if uh, the weather comes up a little bit dicey, you have the polytrack training track uh, that is uh, just separate from the main track, and then on good days, uh, he can get his dirt works in on the main track. Right. There's a lot of opportunities to stay in training, not be affected by the weather, and uh, give the horse a little variety. He's got to like that, too. Absolutely. It, it keeps him fresh. It keeps him happy. Well, uh, speaking about keeping people happy, you guys do something for everybody. I mean, when I look at your weekend special events uh, coming up just for this meet, I mean, it starts out with a, a chance to win a college scholarship. Of course, you always have your tailgating. Uh, then you have your breakfast with the works. And uh, even all the way up through Sunday, you've got activities with the, the jockey autograph signing. I mean, there's something for everybody at Keeneland besides the great racing. There is, and I would encourage everyone to visit our website, Keeneland.com, because it lists all the events going on. Plus, we have a very active social media presence on Facebook and Twitter. We're doing Periscope, all these things that this old person is now learning how to do and having quite a bit of fun because people love to experience the -the behind-the-scenes uh, aspect of, of racing, and, and we're uh, very happy to be able to share that with them. Well, you got, you guys do a, a great job. There's going to be uh, plenty of betting opportunities that I uh, ran down with our audience uh, earlier uh, in the card as far as the different pick fours and pick fives and things like that. Now, the, the, the great thing, I, I just saw a, uh, a release uh, that came out that says uh, that uh, you're going to be uh, quite visible uh, as far as your racing is concerned, as far as your uh, comprehensive live coverage. I mean, you could be in Alaska and feel like you're at Keeneland. Yeah, I mean, as long as you have got Internet access uh, on your phone, on your computer, you can go to Keeneland.com and watch the races live. TVG, uh, you know, there there are many places to be able to follow Keeneland Racing. Yeah, the uh, the exposure is is just amazing. So uh, you could uh, go to uh, Keeneland.com, I believe, and if you don't have TVG, and, and get the races through that outlet? Yes, yes. The so races are streamed live on our website. And, of course, uh, for those that like to watch it on their big flat-screen TV, this is going to be a great 
Saturday as far as uh, you're going to have the big boys. NBC Sports Network from 5 to 7 uh, is going to also uh, broadcast the half a million dollar Central Bank Ashland, uh, which is going to be a major prep for the Kentucky Oaks in addition to the Toyota Bluegrass. And again, that's going to start from 5 to 7. That's huge getting the national exposure. Yeah, it went to a great day of racing, and um, we hope uh, our viewers will watch the Derby winner uh, start right here at Keeneland. Well, uh, I know that Songbird is not going to be there, but the Ashland has really got a star-studded lineup in the undefeated Catherine Sophia, and then, of course, a horse that's been watched since birth, Rachel's Valentina, a grade one winning daughter of Rachel Alexandra, and then you have uh, Karina Mina from the Mott Barn. It looks like uh, she's going to be on the upside. It has been uh, working bullets at Keeneland, uh, and this horse won the uh, Goldenrod at Churchill Downs. Three very legitimate Kentucky Oaks horses in the Ashland. Oh, yeah, and you can't rule out Weep No More and Bandry because their trainers certainly know how to get to the winner's circle. So it's a small field but very competitive and should be a great running of the Ashland. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, we were kind of joking on the Twitterverse last night that uh, the the people at Keeneland confused Saturday's card with the Breeders' Cup card because uh, the uh, the the races that you put together are just uh, are just fantastic. Um, yeah, the the Madison um, a race for uh, older fillies and mares has two Breeders' Cup winners in at Wavell Avenue and Stop Charging Maria. And, uh, you know, numerous stakes winners, so uh, 13 horses in all are running in that race, and that will precede the Toyota Bluegrass. So we'll have uh, action-packed day on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, and this is the race we were talking about, the Madison. It's at that unique uh, distance of seven furlongs. Also in there is uh, Karen McLaughlin trained Cavorting, who will go over the million-dollar mark. You've got Sheer Drama, who's already won $1.4 million. Of course, uh, Wavell Avenue may have an edge as uh, she won the uh, Breeders' Cup Philly and Mayor Sprint at seven furlongs at Keeneland. Uh, Chad Brown trainee. Uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable field uh, that you put together in the Madison. Well, a race that's uh, I feel is is stronger now on the uh, map to the Kentucky Derby is the Toyota Bluegrass, and I think uh, we've all known that uh, uh, Keeneland has gone back to its original uh, dirt surface, and I think that that is uh, attracting more horses that are determined to get to the Kentucky Derby and maybe have a better chance of getting in there and and making an impact because of the the dirt track. Uh, How do you feel about your Bluegrass field this year? Well, um, a lot of people want to run in the Bluegrass this year. We have uh, 14 horses that will run and two also eligible so a very popular spot to uh, to be this year so it's it's a good field there's some horses that can definitely make a mark there's some horses that can already add to their uh, stakes racing uh, resumes and um, it'll be a, a good test of a full field of horses which we know they'll definitely face in the Kentucky Derby 
Yeah, you know, I listened to a couple interviews with some of the trainers, and uh, they, they wanted to look at their post position, and all of a sudden they realized, boy, it's uh, it's going to be a pretty full starting gate uh, in the Toyota Bluegrass at Keeneland. Uh, installed as a slight favorite is Zulu, a Todd Pletcher trainee who, interestingly enough, uh, ran second to Mohamed in the Fountain of Youth. And a lot of times you don't see this going into a graded stakes race. An equipment change blinkers on, but Zulu has that kind of early speed that I think is going to help in a bulky field. He uh, he arrived at Keeneland yesterday, and he was on the track uh, for the first time this morning, galloping about a mile and three-eighths. So he's got Javier Castellano in the iron. So, I mean, it's, he's hard to, hard to overlook um, in this field. Yes, he is. It'll be interesting to see which way Dale Romans goes. I know that he's cross-entered uh, Brody's cause in, in this race and the Wood Memorial. Of course, he won the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland last year, but he's a horse that likes to come from behind, and that's going to be challenging that bulky field. But all I can say, Amy, is you know that the betters like those uh, big fields, and Keeneland's serving it up on Saturday for sure. Well, we're ready to go. <laughs> yes, they are ready to go. And if you haven't checked it out, you want to uh, pull down your easy win forms and check out the Keeneland card. It's just a sensational card, uh, one of the best I've seen on a single day. Uh, that That is Saturday. And I want to thank Amy Owens for, for joining us and updating us on all the things that are happening at Keeneland. The meet starts on Friday. All right, John, we look forward to seeing you. Okay, I'll see you on Saturday. All right, that was Amy Owens. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to the founder of the Downey Profile, Dick Downey. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, I told you at the top of the show we were going to have the founder of the Downey Profile with us, uh, Dick Downey. But before we do, a little bit of a background. He's a native Kentuckian. He's an attorney and a retired circuit court judge. And uh, it goes all the way back to 2003 when he founded the Downey Profile, which is a seasonal website dedicated to coverage of the Kentucky Derby, the Triple Count Trail, and... uh, 
smart guy here. He's been an attorney in private practice for about 30 years now. Worked at Legal Aid, a very, very good man, uh, appointed by Governor Bashir as a family court judge. But enough about his legalese. The important thing is uh, he is the founder of the Downey Profile, and it's time for his annual analysis of the Triple Crown. Dick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, John. I do want to clarify one thing. I was in private practice for 28 years and um, retired from that and then worked for a legal aid for seven years. Okay. Well, I thought I got in and I said about 30, so I was in the ballpark. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyhow, this is really your busy time of the year because you've got to sharpen your keyboard uh, skills again and do your research. And as I understand it, uh, correct me again if I'm wrong, but your research goes all the way back to 1973 in trying to come up with the profile of the Derby winner. Yes, uh, I started that study back in the late 90s. Jenny Reese used to write about factors she thought were important for horses to have to be able to win the Derby. And about that time, I got my hands on a set of PPs that I went back into the early 50s, I think. And I still have those, and, but I got, I, I started, I would just start my, this, I would start studying it, and I began it in 1973 because of Secretariat and, uh, you know, uh, the ultimate derby winner. And uh, about a few hundred hours later, I came up with my profile. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I do want to tell people, <clears throat> probably the best way to get there, correct me if I'm wrong, is the downyprofile.com. Yes, that's right. Or you can just get on Google and type in the Downey Profile. It'll, it'll take you right there, too. Well, um, I, I want to kind of outline some of the really uh, cool aspects of the Downey Profile. The one I really, really like a lot is there's a section called Looking Good which uh, gives you the leading names of the horses on the Derby Trail. Then it gives their connections, the owner, trainer, breeder, breeding information on their pedigree, their sales record. Uh, then you kind of detail the profile of their racing career, uh, the races they are pointing towards, uh, their training schedule, the races they came out of. And what's really nice is that you update current quotes from their trainers and jockeys. Uh, that's in the looking good section. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. That's got to be a lot of work, Dick. It is a lot of work. Uh, you know, typically, I start this website in late January or early February with three lists like that that start out called uh, Looking Good, Worth Watching, and Just In Case. And the subtitle of that last page was A Good Horse Can Come From Anywhere. And we sure have seen that happen, uh, Mind That Bird being one example. Um, who start, He was on my Just In Case list for a while. Um, so I, uh, this year we're, I, I, I didn't start the website as early as usual. My father's been ill. He's doing better now. Good. And so I, and I love doing it. So I've, I've fired it up and this year I have two lists called looking good and worth watching. I, I added the worth watching page yesterday, actually. Uh, and the two pages combined probably have approximately 40, 45 horses on them. And I love trainer and jockey quotes. And in particular, I like trainer and jockey quotes right after races. When their adrenaline is flowing, yes, I think you're most likely to get 
a real, just raw, honest appraisal of what just happened at that point in time. And the tracks are great about collecting those quotes from winning and losing connections. And I really, I really try hard to get the, to include those quotes in the profiles of these horses on those two pages. And I, sometimes I think they're very helpful, very helpful. I remember when Barbaro was a two-year-old, uh, I think, was it Jose Caraballo that rode him when he was a two-year-old? And toward the end of the year, he after he won a race, he said, you're going to be hearing a lot more about this horse. And it's, that's just the kind of thing I love seeing because it, it, it's just an honest appraisal. Well, the other things that people can get uh, for their use at, at the Downey Profile, uh, you also post current videos, and uh, uh, that that's great for people for trip handicappers or people who want to see just how impressive uh, a horse finished up. Uh, you've also got miscellaneous facts and figures about the Kentucky Derby, uh, including the complete stake schedule on Oaks and Derby Day for people that are planning to bet on the races. Yeah, all the stakes races that are scheduled that day, uh, those two days, I traditionally post those. Yeah, yeah. And another two, thing that's got to be true. Another thing's got to be keeping you pretty busy. I notice if you look over on the left-hand column, uh, we have uh, updated tweets from uh, Dick Downey. Uh, yeah, I like to use Twitter. I, if you want to know what what's what's going on in the world, just about anywhere right now. You can find it on Twitter. Yes, you can. I can sit there for hours and just watch them pop up. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter what the subject is. You can, I mean, if it's going on somewhere, I mean, here in Bowling Green, Kentucky, we have a guy named Joe Immel, and he's he's got like 30,000 followers, and he tweets what he hears on the police scanner. <laughs> you, 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 that's all he does. And you can, well, I always like to tune in on Saturdays and Sundays and get the tweets from the guys at the racetrack myself. Well, speaking of being at the racetrack, I know you weren't down at uh, at uh, Florida uh, to see Gulfstream Park's uh, Florida Derby, but uh, just briefly, if you can, uh, give me your impressions of uh, Nyquist's uh, Impressive win, uh, Mohamed's kind of flat effort, and a little bit of erratic behavior of Nyquist in the lane. Well, Nyquist, you know, in a way, both those horses had a set of advantages. I mean, Mohamed, all he had to do was walk over from his barn where Nyquist had to ship in. But Nyquist had a little better post position. Those outside posts can be a little tough at Gulfstream Park. And uh, Nyquist had a better post position, and he took advantage of it. But the race didn't um, it didn't turn out like everybody thought it would, did it? We thought we were going to see those two fighting it out in the, in the stretch, and it just didn't happen. And, and uh, I saw an article today in the Albany Times Union reporter called Kerry McLaughlin, and he said today that he still doesn't know what happens. So maybe, you know... One thing I've been thinking about since that happened is that Secretary had lost his, he lost the Wood Memorial before he won the Triple Crown. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't think you can ever completely count a horse out based on wood, one bad performance. He's living proof of that. Monarcos, I was at Keeneland uh, the day that Monarcos lost the Wood Memorial. I think he got beat by 10 lanes. And my buddy, who's a very knowledgeable person, said, stick a fork in him. 
we still laugh about that today. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, at the price he paid. Well, uh, certainly Nyquist, we reported he had a little bit of a, a white cell spike, so they're going to back off his training for a couple days, but they said it was very minor and uh, sh- shouldn't be a big deal. He's obviously not going to race in the bluegrass, but he's going to train because he has the advantage. Uh, if there's bad weather, he can go to the poly. If it's good weather, he can go get that uh, main track experience. And I know I'm going to see you on Saturday at the Bluegrass. I'll tell you what, uh, there'll be no vacancy in that starting gate. Everybody knows that this is their chance to punch their ticket, and they don't have to do it on poly track anymore. Uh, what horses come to the top for you, Dick Downey, in the Toyota Bluegrass? Well, I, I like Brody's cause. He, he, he Obviously, he's won over the track. And um, his last workout for this race was down in Florida. Mike Welsh from DRF was there, and he, he Mike's a, a very astute observer of the workouts, and he was really excited about that workout. He really was. And so it looked like he's coming in, Brody's cause is coming into the race the right way. Some horses just don't handle, handle the track at Tampa. I, I love Tampa. I love going there, um, and I know a lot of the trainers really love uh putting their horses in races there. But some horses just can't handle it. I don't think he handled that track. So I'm and, looking you know, and If nothing else, you get a lot out of those races because it can be a, a tiring track. A lot of trainers will tell you that, that there'll be a benefit. And like you said, uh, he, he's back on his home track now. Uh, the thing about Brody's cro- uh, cause, uh, a little bit like the other Dale Romans horse in here, Cherry Wine, both of those guys are big closers. We know we're going to have a 14-horse field, and it really looks like kind of a speed versus closers. I think uh, the, the, the pace and the strategy of the jockeys is going to determine the outcome of this race because there is a lot of talent in there. Uh, you, you've got, of course, a morning line favorite, a Zulu, coming out of the powerful Pletcher Barn, a son of Bernardini. I find it interesting that they're putting blinkers on a horse that's already shown speed. In such a major race, that that's a bit of a head scratcher for me. He galloped in blinkers this morning, and um, I was at the uh, Fountain of Youth and, and saw uh, saw him uh, walking into the saddling area. And I, this is one horse that loves his racing. He, you could tell from his demeanor he could not wait to get out there and race. And he's a he's a very handsome horse too. He he looks the part of the nine hundred thousand dollars. He's very muscular. He's a just a real good looking animal. Once he got out onto the post parade, he acted up, and he. I, I don't know if this is the reason they're adding blinkers or not. Just thinking maybe they intend to calm him down a little bit or not. I, I really don't know why they're doing it, but that's the only thing I can come up with because he did run a real, a real big race in the town of view. Yeah, and behind a, a nice little horse by the name of Mo Heyman, so nothing wrong there. Uh, another horse who listed at 12 to 1 that's got good speed and graded stakes experience is uh, this uh, Leoban, if I'm saying his name right, uh, just ran a game race uh, in the Gotham, and I think he's trying to get away from Shagaff in the Wood Memorial. Yeah, and that horse is still a maiden, isn't he? Leoban? Yes, a maiden. yes. A maiden that's won over 100,000. <laughs> Well, they're going to send him. I would, I would think he's going to be part of the pace, and, and um, I'm sure Dale Romans would like to see a pretty hot pace up there in front. 
Yeah, he did, and, and again, he he's trying to dodge uh, some of his own horses, so he decided to go in the Rebel, and he got shuffled way back in traffic, was dead last in a 14-horse field at the half-mile pole, put in a nice rally, and I noticed that Corey Lannery uh, decided to stick with him. That's Cherry Wine, the other closer that will be closing mm-hmm. with uh, Brody's cause. So I'll tell you what, Dick Downey, this looks like a very, very interesting race, and of course, Time won't allow us to talk about the other 10 horses in the field, all of them that, that have credentials, and all of them that are nominated to the Triple Crown. So that will be the $1 million Toyota Bluegrass Stakes that will be run at Keeneland. It's set to go off at 6 o'clock, and it will be on national TV for our listeners out there. All right, well, we're talking to Dick Downey, the Downey Profile. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we got two more grade ones with the three-year-olds. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll free at 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me, Dick Downey of the Downey Profile. This is the time of the year you definitely want to get on his website. Always updates on his Twitter. Uh, you've got updates on the looking good section, very detailed information. He's posted videos of all the preparations for you. So uh, if you want to see what's happening on the derby scene, you do want to go to the Downey Profile. Well, Dick, uh, let's go to New York, the Wood Memorial, uh, a race that has stamped many a good horse over its history. This will be the 92nd running. Of course, all these races we're looking at now are a mile and an eighth, and none of these horses have tried that distance. So it really is a, an interesting way of handicapping. Maybe you have to look a little bit more at the pedigree or horses that look like they were you know, closing a little bit faster at the end and just needed an extra eighth of a mile. Uh, so you know, that lends a, a, a different aspect to the handicapping of all the races we're looking at today. Well, it's a complicated task. <laughs> everything you everything you just mentioned it goes into it, and that's what makes it so much fun, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, it's just amazing over the last couple of years how Bobby Frankel's former assistant Chad Brown has blossomed on the scene, and he's even attracted the the, the likes of, of, of Shadwell Stable as many uh, other 
top breeders and owners have given their horses to Chad Brown, and uh, he's got an undefeated colt, the son of Bernardini in there, who's a Shadwell homebred called Shagaf, and uh, this horse uh, has never raced a short race, uh, two races at a mile and one at a mile and a 16th, and uh, has won all three. Irad Ortiz, who owns New York right now, will be aboard. Drew, what I'd have to think is a favorable post in this race uh, along the rail. Uh, he's got tactical speed, doesn't have to be on the front end, but it looks like he'll get a pretty good position. Uh, is uh, the Wood Memorial his race to lose? Well, I don't know, but he, he deserves to be the favorite. I think the morning line has barely, there's just barely any separation between him and Outwork. But, you know, that, that Gotham performance was, was a good one. He the, the track was kind of favoring speed that day, and he still ran down Lalbon to win the race. And, uh, it was a pretty visually impressive effort. Um, the horses wanted two different tracks now. So that that bodes well for him, and, and um, that's um, I, I think you I think he'll be the favorite. And, and deservedly so. And again, we're talking about that uh, that extra uh, furlong, sixteenth uh, of a mile, and uh, with his breeding by Bernardini out of an unbridled song mare, shouldn't be a problem. And again, if it's a homebred of the Shadwell Farm, you know that there's a good female family uh, underneath this horse. Well, the other one that you mentioned, Outwork, kind of interesting. Uh, made its debut at Keeneland, sprinting four and a half uh, last year, and then uh, went to Tampa, won a, a nice optional claimer, and put in a huge race in the Tampa Bay Derby. Was beaten by Destin, who had to perform a track record to outfinish outwork. Yeah, and Johnny V stays with him um, instead of uh, Zulu. Yes. Yeah, Castellanos on Zulu. I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. You know, Outwork, people don't talk about dosage much anymore. That horse has a dosage index of 11. And it's going to be interesting to see if, if he gets a mile and an eighth. I, I kind of think he will. Uh, well, I, I know that that's one of the things you put on looking good, and you, you did say that, you know. Uh, that uh, That used to be... Uh, the harbinger of whether or not a, a horse could get the distance but was dosage. And then uh, people seem to have kind of poo-pooed that over the years. But really, if you go back and look at the winners of the Derby, they all had some points in that middle-to-stout line. Yeah. It, it, uh, now, of course, American Pharaoh, is the 4.0 used to be the cutoff. He was four, his dosage is 4.33. Nyquist's dosage is 7. So, and now we've got Outwork that's an 11. Maybe they'll run 1-2 in the Derby, 7-11. But uh, uh, I, I can't wait to see how Outwork performs. I have a feeling that uh, the distance is not going to be a problem for him because he has he wouldn't be in Todd Fletcher's barn if he wasn't a quality horse, and I don't think John Velasquez would stay with him unless he was. 
Well, I know you, you've, you've read the debate, too. Uh, people kind of, you know, whenever a horse goes to the head of all of uh, everybody's picks to be the derby winner like Nyquist, uh, they go, oh, well, he's by Uncle Mo. Uncle Mo didn't go mile and a quarter. Well, Uncle Mo got sick before the Kentucky Derby. He didn't have a chance to go the mile and a quarter. And uh, there's so many sensational Uncle Mo's out there this season in the three-year-old division. Um, how, how does he figure in? to your uh, dosage profile. Uh, does the rest of his family through uh, Indy and Charlie show distance ability? Well, I've talked to an expert on this subject. I know about dosage, but I don't profess to be an expert. i talked to somebody who is, and he believes that Nyquist is getting his stamina from one of two sources. Um, it's either Arch, who is, I believe, let me think now, I think he arches the sire of Nyquist Dam. And he thinks it's either coming from Arch or from Uncle Mo. Well, Nyquist Dam is by forestry, but I think if you go back a couple, you find Arch. Um, I'm just using my memory here, which fades every day. But nonetheless, there's so many good Uncle Mo's on the trail, uh, including uh, Mo Tom, um, you know, that... uh, I don't think you can dismiss him as saying he can't do it, you know what I mean? Because he's a son of Uncle Mo. Hell, there might be four of them in the race before we find out what happens on the first Saturday in May. Well, Dick, my producer's telling me i got four minutes, so I'm going to give you the very tough task at looking at the grade one Santa Anita, million dollars on the line, a great rematch of the top three finishers in the San Felipe. Actually, the top four finishers in, in the San Felipe. Uh, what, what a race this is going to be. A lot of people are, are really excited about Danzine Candy. This is a horse, if you like buyer figures, just you know, powerfully gets better and better and better every race. Uh, could dictate the, the pace. But will pick up four pounds over its competitors that he ran against in the San Felipe. Uh, the question is, some of these other horses, Exaggerator was bumped and drifted. Uh, More Spirit, uh, who ran second, uh, was uh, steadied. Uh, Gary Stevens back on that horse. Um, do you see some changes in the outcome compared to the San Felipe? Well, sure, that sure could happen. Uh, the Cliff Size, the, the trainer of Dancing Candy, has, well, first of all, I should say the, there's a forecast is almost for sure going to be pretty rainy on Saturday there, and we're looking at the prospect of a sloppy track. Now, Cliff Sice has said kind of two things about his horse. First, he's learned to get out of the gate much quicker, much more quickly, and that has led to more success for him. And two, he says even though he's never run on an off track or trained on one, he feels that he has the action that would get him over a sloppy track. Now, we know more spirit can get over a sloppy track because he ran second in the Kentucky Jockey Club, and that track was sloppy. It was real sloppy last November. Uh, So that might give more spirit the edge. You know, more spirit's last workout was deemed to be breezing by the clockers at Santa Anita, and they hardly ever assigned that designation to a workout. They almost always call them handily. And I think he went in 47 and 4. 47 and 2, and I think it was the second fastest of 58 that yes. day at that distance. Real impressive work. 
So, and you know, Exaggerator probably got a lot out of the San Felipe, and he he was bumped. And don't forget, go back and and look at at his mud marks in the Breeders' Futurity, just missed by a link to Brody's Cause. Uh, that was listed as a muddy track, as was the Delta Jackpot that he won by a neck. Of course, Kent DeSormo teamed up with his brother Keith DeSormo, so certainly we've got to keep Exaggerator in the conversation. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, uh, Keith DeSormo said for the record a week or two ago that he's starting to wonder whether Exaggerator is topping out at a mile, but he did not say he was. He said he's just wondering about it. So well, I will, we'll, we'll be wondering to too uh, when they when they go to post at, at Santa Anita again. That's the Santa Anita Derby. That's going to be this Saturday, along with the Wood Memorial and the Toyota Bluegrass. I want to thank our Derby expert Dick Downey for joining us this evening. Please do yourself a favor and go to the DowneyProfile.com. It is stacked and packed with great information about this year's field. Dick, thanks so much for joining us. I'll see you on Saturday, my friend. Thank you, John. See you Saturday. Okay, that was Dick Downey. Also, want to thank Amy Owens, who gave us the uh, picture of what's happening down in Keeneland. I want to remind everybody, a sensational weekend of racing. Get on up to winningponies.com. Pull down those easy win forms. And got a hunch, bet a bunch. All right, for Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhardt, overlooking the manicured turf course, past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. Remember, when you go to the races... Bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.